Welcome back to another episode of the Adam Schefter Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be joined by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2018 first round draft pick, a man that has excelled at his position, who hasn't quite gotten the recognition that he deserves, but it is coming. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six foot four, 350 pound defensive tackle. Vita Vea, and we'll get him to tell you about his full name, which I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce today. Vita Vea, the great Buccaneers defensive tackle, coming right up. What also is coming up is the NFL trade deadline. One week from this Tuesday, November 2nd, 4 p.m. Eastern. And the biggest name out there, of course, is Deshaun Watson. Now, there may be another move that's made that none of us see coming right now that steals the headlines. But Deshaun Watson is the name that everybody is watching. And as we tape this podcast on Tuesday morning, one week away from the NFL trade deadline, I know a lot of people believe that Deshaun Watson is going to be dealt, and he might be. I'm not so sure about that just yet. And I could be proven wrong by somebody who listens to this podcast, and for all we know, he's already traded. Look, if we go back to the summer, there have been a half dozen occasions where I've gotten a call, a text that said Deshaun Watson is going to be traded here, coming right up to the Miami Dolphins. We could even go back to this podcast right before training camp when we had Deshaun Watson's quarterbacks coach, Quincy Avery, on, and we taped it on a Friday, and he predicted that Watson would be traded within the next 48, 72 hours, and he wasn't. And there have been so many false alarms about Deshaun Watson being traded, that you almost become numb to them. Look, he's going to get traded at some point. Absolutely. I just don't know that it's going to be by the November 2nd trade deadline. I can see, certainly, right after the season, when teams reassess their quarterback position. Think about all the teams that could potentially be in the quarterback market this upcoming offseason. New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Denver. Philadelphia, Miami, Carolina. So there are a whole host of teams that potentially will be making quarterback moves at some point this offseason. And Deshaun Watson will be one of the primary quarterbacks we expect to be available if he's not traded by the trade deadline. Now, he continues to be linked to the Miami Dolphins. And I continue to be told that the Texans are not going to move him unless they absolutely get the full price that they're asking. So they have to be satisfied. Deshaun Watson has no trade clause, so he has to be satisfied with where he eventually is traded to. And of course, no team is going to make a deal unless they're happy and contend with the terms of that deal. So there's a lot that has to happen, not to say it can't by November 2nd. It certainly can. But I think it's more likely in my mind, in my opinion, just my opinion, that Watson would be traded this offseason than in this next week. And I think when it comes to the trade deadline, there'll be a lot more discussion and speculation than actual moves themselves. But that's what the next week is for. And while we wait, we can continue to salute the Cincinnati Bengals, who as of today are the number one seed in the AFC. Who would have thought in late October that the Bengals, the Bengals with their history, would be the top AFC team ahead of the Buffalo Bills, ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs and Los Angeles Chargers, ahead of every team that you could think of. But here they are. And as Steve Young 
My colleague and friend said on Monday Night Countdown, he doesn't think the Bengals are going away. He thinks they're going to be there in the end. And that is what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, the former LSU quarterback wide receiver combination, have done for that franchise and city. They have instilled hope, optimism, confidence, and those two don't care how sorry and embarrassing the Bengals have been for decades. They have brought an entirely new attitude, and it's reflected in the record that the Bengals now have as we head into almost the second half of the season. Great job by the Bengals, who right now are the number one seed in the AFC. All right, time to move on to Vita Vea, somebody who is as dominant a defensive lineman as there is in the league, somebody who doesn't get the attention that he deserves. And we figured we would bring him on to talk about what's going on in Tampa, his own playing style, and the actual pronunciation of a name that is as large as the man himself, Vita Vea. I got to start here. Can you give me the full pronunciation of your entire name? Vita Vea just rolls off the tongue. But I know there's a lot more to it than that, Vita. Shoot, you got to... I got to hear you say it first. That's what I've been doing lately. Okay, I'm going to try. Here's my attempt. Ready? I'm going to embarrass myself here, Vita. You're not going to laugh at me, right? No, you're good. You're good. Because I guarantee almost everybody, except a member of the Vea family, would botch this somehow, right? Somewhat, yeah. Uh, let's give it a shot. Ready? Tavita Tulicono Tuapolatu Mosesi Vahehi. Bahoku, Falatu Vea. I'm, I'm, I can't even be close to that. You, you weren't that bad. It wasn't that bad. That's that's eight names. Eight. So give me the actual pronunciation of it. Tevita Tuliakiono, Tuipulotu, Mosese Vahaya, Vehoko, Falatau Vea. One more time. You learned it. You picked it up. You picking it up. You picking it up. I think I got it if you say it one more time. That's amazing. Well, it is much easier to say Vita Vea. Yeah, it is. That flows off the tongue, right? How, how do you come up with Vita Vea? Who, did you come up with that? Did your parents come up with that? How does that happen? It's like a, uh, like William. People call William Will. Now, I'm watching the game on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, and I'm sure you heard about this as well, but they played highlights of you playing running back. I've never seen a man your size with the moves that you made. <laughs> did you did you hear about the fact that they played those highlights on Sunday when you beat the Bears? Um, they told me I had an idea they were going to play. I didn't know which ones they were going to play um, or if they were going to play any at all. But uh, I've seen after the game, my fiance showed me highlights that uh, her sister recorded and sent, sent over to her. Peter, you had some moves. <laughs> I had a little bit. I had a little bit of moves. You know, you know, you know what it looked like to me, honestly, like a dancing bear. <laughs> that was my. It was a. Uh, I was just a lineman living out his dream. Well, because they've used you in the backfield too, right? I mean, you've done that in the NFL level. Yeah, I, I, I've uh, I've been on the offensive side of quite a bit so far. You know, a lot of people, especially for me, being a defensive guy, you don't you don't think you don't think much of it because you're on the opposite side of the ball and you're just you're trying to make the tackle. But yeah, I it threw me off. It was I knew it was gonna be fun because I did in high school, but I didn't know I thought it'd change. Um at this level for me. I thought it was gonna be different, but um it's still the same for me when I go out there on the offensive side. Now Vita, sometimes it's it's rude to ask people about their weight, but with you I think it's kind of a compliment because again, 
there are very few people who could be your size and move the way you do. I got you at 6'4", 350. Am I light or am I heavy? Uh, yeah, you're on the – you might be on the dot. On the dot? You might be on the dot. You might, you might be a little light, but you, you might be on the dot. What, what's the heaviest you've gotten up to? The heaviest I've been was like three, maybe 360. And what, what's the ideal, 350? Or what, what's the ideal playing weight for you? Um, from like 340 to 360, but my, my body fluctuates like about 10, 15 pounds. So it, it just, it really depends, like give or take. But what, what does a 360 pound man eat, Vita? You know what? People ask me that, um, all the time, but that's like a good question. Like, I don't, I don't really know what's my favorite. Obviously it's my mom. My mom makes like Tongan food for me is the best meal. Then I like Mexican-style food. Being a West Coast guy in Cali, you know, Mexican food is really big. Uh, you know, I love pizza. Big pizza guy. Who doesn't? You got to, you know, you got to have that that perfect fold. You ever get that New York pizza, Vita? I have, yeah. I, I haven't tried it in New York yet. But Vita, you come to New York, I'm taking you for pizza. I got you. I got you. I, I got some good pizza places to take you to. You haven't had pizza until you've had the pizza here. I'm just telling you right now. What, by the way, when you talk about your mom's Tongan food, what are some of the specialties there? My favorite thing, they're my, my top two favorite things are, uh, they're called, it's called Lou and Ota. So Lou is just basically like a, um, like a taro leaf wrapped up. And, uh, you know, there's like, she's, she puts corned beef inside. I can't, I can't give a bar secret, but she puts some of her own ingredients inside. And um, Ota is just this raw fish that she makes. It's kind of like our style, the Tongan version of uh, poke. And, you know, every time she's here or every time I'm home, she knows those are my favorites. So that's like she makes, she's making it every day. She ever come to Tampa and cook for the defensive line room for some of the guys in there, like Big Girl and Nacho and Pat and everybody in there? No, nah, she hasn't cooked for everybody yet. Um, I'm sure they'll like it. I'm sure they like it. Uh, my boy Pat. Pat O'Connor, he's a uh, – my mom made some uh, some Lou after a game one day. And uh, my boy Pat, he's a picky eater. Like, this, this guy don't – he eats burger plain. If you go to a restaurant and order a burger, he like – everything has to be plain, like nothing on it. Like, this dude's the pickiest eater. That's how I am. You know, my wife makes fun of me. I'm the only one to get pancakes and French toast without butter, without syrup. Just take a pancake, just eat it in my hands like a sandwich, like you would a turkey sandwich. Yeah. No problem with that. I, 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 me and Pat are on the same that's, team. That's how my boy Pat is. And he he like he, he has to eat everything plain. And I didn't think he was going to like it because when my mom put it inside, he came and tried it out. And he was like, damn, this is bomb. I was like, what? I thought he hey, thought he wouldn't like it. But he was eating it and came back the next day and tried to ask about if we had any more. I lied to him. I said, there's no more. I say something myself. <laughs> I don't blame you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, 
designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Adam. Now, you guys got the number one rush defense in the NFL, and you got some big name personalities, great nicknames in there. Who is Big Girl and who's Nacho? Who, who are these people? Reveal the identities, please. Big Girl? It depends. So if, if you're talking to our D-line group, basically if you're talking to the team now, um, the, the word Big Girl has floated around. It first started, I called Sue. I seen Sue one day walking on the field, and he just – Sue always looks mad. I just seen him, and um, I was I was really in like a playful mood that day, and I looked at him, and I was like, he looks like a big girl to me right now. <laughs> I started calling him that. I said, big girl, big girl. He he got – it's funny because with Sue, when you make fun of him, he gets kind of mad because he just – until he has a comeback. When he, when he has a comeback, then you guys are at war. It's funny because you can go back and forth to him. And who's Nacho? Nacho, he's number 56. His real name is uh, – I don't know if I can give away his real name. 56. I, I just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who's 56? Who's 56? His real name is Rakeem Nunez uh, Roches. The story behind that, he got it from – he didn't get it from us. He got it from a different team. I guess um, his vets were seeing seeing him just eating chips all the time. And then one of the vets – I forget. I don't know who, whose name was or who it was. <laughs> he was like, you know what? I'm sorry calling you Nacho. And I – Nacho told us that it stuck for him. <laughs> it was like it was perfect. How do you measure Vita what Tom Brady has meant to your franchise? How do you put that into words? Shoot. Um I mean, he means a lot. You know, he came up here. Um he didn't come up here like I think what most people would expect him to come up here and try to like, you know, change the culture and change like everything to uh Catered to him. He wasn't that type of guy. You know, that's what you hear. That's what people think. But he came up here. He's a, he's a very humble guy. You know what I'm saying? He's, he just – he came up here and he just, like, he knew everybody on the team. Like, you, I'm walking around the locker room. He called me. He was like, what's up, Vita? And I was like, I never met you yet. I never I never introduced myself to you. Like, how does God know my – how does God know my name? What, what's it like when Tom Brady calls your name and he knows your name, Vita? He knew the full name. He said the whole name. He didn't, he, he didn't, he didn't know the full name. He didn't know the full name, right? Yeah, he said he said it better than I did. Get out of here! No, the whole thing that you said to me—he knew all that. No, he, I, I don't know. I don't know. If he, he didn't on. say that. He, he was just lying about that. <laughs> really? He, he knew my first name. He knew Vita. <laughs> See, anybody can know Vita Van. Now it would be one thing if he knew the full thing. Then I'd be really impressed with Tom Brady. I mean, come on, everybody would know who Vita Van is. <laughs> he might. He might have a. He might have a sense of uh, my whole name. Who knows? <laughs> What what's it like playing with Tom Brady? He's really competitive. He's like he's real humble. You would never you would never get you would never think that from a guy like him. Um, but he's like very humble. You know, he has all the accolades to prove that he doesn't have to be humble. So it's just it's just cool to see a guy like that still still humble and just still competitive. Um, it's funny because we you know we, when we're competing against when the defense is competing against the offense. We're all talking smack to each other, and then 
It's just the D-line's always on the sideline, especially me and Nacho. We're on the sideline talking smack to the offense and just trying to throw them off, trying to annoy them. One time in practice, I forget, I think Tom Brady might have overthrew the ball or the receiver didn't catch it, something like that. And Tom Brady, uh, he got frustrated. And then me and Nacho, just, me and Nacho heard it. And we jumped on it. And we were like screaming, like, yeah, 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 Tom. Yeah. And we were like competing against each other for like, uh, this was like a little two minute drive we we're doing in practice to see who's going to win the offensive defense. And it was like a fourth, it was like fourth and five. If we just stopped him right there or like showed that we could have got a sack, the defense would have won. And uh, next, the very next play, Tom Brady throws a freaking touchdown. And we were like, said there would be nothing like that. So like, how, how about we just uh, quiet down a little bit over here? He just did it. it was like, oh. He's a man of action. Yeah. So you know what's amazing? You know what's amazing about it is that this guy probably was the greatest player of all time before he cemented his legacy going to a new team into his 40s, winning a Super Bowl there, setting passing records. He could break the single-season touchdown record this year. This guy's doing things at 44 that people don't do at 34 or 24. It's like a whole new level of success. It's crazy to watch. Got to be kind of cool to be a player on the Buccaneers to have that vantage point. It's kind of like being a player on the Chicago Bulls when Michael Jordan's playing it. the same kind of thing. You ever, you ever stop and think about it that, in, that, in that regard? I have. Um, so it was funny, like last year, just actually just practicing against him. You know, you hear a lot of the guys just like telling stories or talking stories. You hear guys go, dang, I was just lined up. We've already been in a month in the camp, and I was I was over there lined up. I looked up. I thought to myself, dang, that's Tom Brady right there. And it was funny because I was just when – when he first got here and he was on the team and we practiced against him, I, I remember um, how young I was. When he, I, I think I was in, I did, I was in fourth grade, and Tom had already been in three Super Bowls. <laughs> That's crazy. It, 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 it could just go on and on. You know, you know, one of the reasons, maybe the main reason I brought you on today. You know, why I brought you on because I wanted more people to hear your name and your accomplishments and what you've done. Because in my mind, you have excelled and shined at the position you've played, and yet people, you haven't become the household name defensively that you deserve to be. And I think that that's coming. But why is it that people have not given you the attention, praise that you deserve? Why have you not gone to the Pro Bowl? Why have you not gotten some of these accolades that to me are natural when people watch you play your position? Well, if you look at it, it's like, it's a, this is a production-based uh, business. You know, you got to be producing. You know, obviously people say that the things I do helps out the team. But at the end of the day, for myself, when I at least for myself, when I think about it, uh, um, I think there's a lot of plays that I leave out there. Uh, I think there's a lot more meat on the bone as far as making plays um, instead of you know taking double team. I feel like I feel like I beat the double teams. It's just I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. See, I I don't see you as a guy who leaves much meat on the bone. That's not how I see you, Vita. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think that's just <laughs> that's, that's me being my own worst critic. <laughs> I don't see you leaving much meat on the bone. That that's just me. See, I think we need some flash and sizzle, and so I'm here to provide that for you. Why don't you come on and just guarantee that you're going to win a second straight Super Bowl? Do something like that where everybody gets to be talking about Vita Bay. Like we are the best. We are the Super Bowl champ. No one can take us to. You got to do something flashy and loud like that, right? You, 
Vita. We, we you know, we got to get everybody's attention per Vita Vea. I got you. So what do you got for me today? Come on. What do I got? Uh, <laughs> put me on the spot. We got a long way to go before we get to before we get to Super Bowl. We got we got to we got we got to play the Saints first before we get to Super Bowl. So I don't I don't Vita. I'm not going to put any predictions on that one. Very good answer. Very good answer. Very good answer. You know what? You let your play speak for itself, and it should, and you've done a great job, and I wish you continued success. And I want to thank you, Tavita, Tula Kenu, Tula Pomotu, Mosese, Vahehe, Vahoko, Vahalito, Vea, for joining us today. I appreciate the time. No problem. And we wish you luck. Lots of luck for the coming season, my friend. I appreciate you for having me, man. Pizza in New York next time you're here, my friend. I got you. Pepperoni cheese. On it. And there is the former Buccaneers first-round draft pick from 2018, the great young defensive tackle for Tampa Bay, Vita Vea, who certainly is worthy of going to his first Pro Bowl this year. We'll be rooting for him to be selected to a game that he richly deserves. And speaking of Tampa, last week I received an invitation from the great interviewer, a friend of mine, Jim Gray, to ask Vita Vea's teammate, Tom Brady, a question on his Let's Go podcast that he does each week with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald. And what Jim Gray did was he invited a group of people across the media, basically, people such as Bill Cower, Chris Berman, Jay Glazer, Aaron Andrews, Kay Adams, Scott Van Pelt, trying to think of some of the other names on there, to each ask Tom Brady a question on a Zoom call Monday afternoon. So as I was getting ready to head over to the stadium in Seattle on Monday, got on the Zoom call, and I thought a lot about what I wanted to ask Tom Brady. And really, there are so many questions. Maybe one day he would be a guest on this podcast. There are so many questions you want to ask him, but I figured coming off the victory Sunday that they had, I would ask him about what happened later on in that game that caught the attention of so many people. And for those who missed it, basically, Tom Brady went over to a young boy who held up a sign that said, Tom Brady helped me beat brain cancer. And so my question to Tom Brady during the Zoom call, amongst other high-profile media personalities that I was honored to be included within, was this. Tom, you are so focused during the course of the game. You block out everything, got blinders on. How and when did you notice that there was a young boy in the stands thanking you for helping him through his fight with brain cancer. And what I didn't realize, as Tom answered, was that this had been previously arranged. I guess this family had been in touch somehow with Tom Brady. And I remember having covered John Elway in Denver, how much mail and make-a-wish children would reach out to John and how much work he did with them. And even when you do that much work, it's impossible to satisfy everybody. I can only imagine that Tom Brady must get multiple requests on a daily basis for situations like this one. And ideally, you'd like to give your time to all these people, but your time is limited. You can only do so much. But I guess Tom knew that this boy was in the stands and knew the sign was there. And everybody who saw it was extremely moved and touched by it. Tom went over, gave him a hat. The boy was emotional. And it was hard to watch. and not get a little choked up about it. It was outstanding. And so that was the question that I opted to go with, with Tom Brady. I would have loved to have asked him, do you 
wake up sore in the morning. Cause I always remember other quarterbacks when they retire, like John Elway talking about how hard it was to get out of bed in the morning. I would have loved to have asked him about the team he was referring to on his HBO appearance this past summer that he couldn't believe didn't sign him when he was a free agent, though I think I have my own ideas about which team that may or may not have been. There are so many questions I wanted to ask Tom, but that was the question that I went with. And Tom is so giving of his time and so generous and basically talked about how it means something to him to be able to touch people and have that type of effect upon people. And I've seen it in person with all the work that he's done with best buddies in the Boston area. I've seen it up close uh, on many weekends He's incredible with those children. And of course, you could know how much that means just coming into contact with a guy like Tom Brady. Also told him about the fact that ran into a friend of his at Michigan a few weeks back, Greg Harden. Great, great ambassador for the university who helped Tom while he was at Michigan, who helps athletes and everybody in the athletic department and is just this worldly man with this wealth of knowledge and great perspective on life. And even that day is... Greg Harden and I ran into each other. We took a picture to send to Tom, which I did. Um, we talked about all sorts of situations in life. And this man is a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of wisdom. And he's been an asset, major asset to the University of Michigan, uh, a friend of Tom's, a friend of mine. And we have great regard and great respect for the great Greg Harden. Another question I would like to have asked Tom about in that public setting. And so that was a great honor. And I thank my friend Jim Gray for inviting me to appear with so many people that I have so much respect for. It was a tremendous honor and really enjoyed that. All right, the games this week. We've got some great matchups this week, some intriguing battles, Steelers-Browns. The first meeting since the Browns won that 48-37 wild card game in Pittsburgh last year in the playoffs, which the Browns coach Kevin Stefanski watched in his basement because he had COVID. Both teams will have plenty of rest coming into this game. Steelers had a bye last week. The Browns played Thursday night. Should be fascinating to watch. Big Titans-Colts game. Sneaky game all of a sudden, right? Tennessee has come on in back-to-back weeks, beating Buffalo and Kansas City, two of the top teams in the AFC. And Carson Wentz is back to being Carson Wentz, the man that the Colts head coach Frank Reich has repaired and gotten going again. And that should be a strong matchup in Indianapolis this weekend. And how about the Cincinnati Bengals? playing in New York against Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco goes up against Cincinnati one more time. We see Justin Herbert against the Patriots defense, which should be rather intriguing. And I do like the Halloween matchup of Tom Brady in New Orleans against the Saints. The Bucs were one and two versus the Saints last season, losing both the regular season games, but then winning in the divisional round. This is a rematch of that. And it's the first time that Jameis Winston We'll start against the team that drafted him number one overall. Before we get to Sunday night, Dak Prescott, if he plays, we think he will, but we don't know yet for sure. Playing at Minnesota, Dak Prescott is 4-1 head-to-head versus Kirk Cousins during the course of their careers. And both teams also coming off their buys. And Dak Prescott's 3-1 following a buy in his career, most most recently winning in 2019 versus the New York Giants, and Monday night will be in Kansas City. Giants at Chiefs, Chiefs struggling. See if they can get it together before we fly back to Bristol for a trade deadline bonanza on Tuesday. All right, before I let you go, please check out Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins, 
With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey, with can't-miss conversations, and welcoming top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we are so excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content Monday to Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there'll be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Agumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today, 3 Eastern, New Pacific, on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. That is our podcast for this week. I do want to thank the great, and I mean great, Buccaneers defensive tackle, Vita Vea, for his time today. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting up with me for another week. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week as we come right up to the trade deadline. Chris Mortensen and I will be in Bristol, Connecticut with a trade deadline special on ESPN. And from the trade deadline special, before I go do the six o'clock sports center at the five o'clock hour, so you'll know exactly what I'm doing next week. Mort and I will be recording next week's podcast, breaking down the trade deadline that just passed, as well as what's ahead in the second half of the season. You don't want to miss that. Until then, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.